And uh, we have two guest speakers here this morning, and uh, I am so proud of both of these women that are going to speak. I thought, you know, why not, if we're going to honor women and honor mothers today, why not have two of our wonderful women from this church share a word and bring a word of encouragement? And so first up, we are going to welcome our very own Pastor Jan, who heads up the ladies' ministry and the intercession here in this church. Please, let's put our hands together for Pastor Jan. Let me help you navigate through all the wires. And, yes. All right. Now. Now that she can see you, she was walking <laughs> up the stairs, why don't you stand and give her a standing ovation? I love this woman. Thank you, Jan. Amen. Absolutely. You know, Pastor Jan used to work with a florist and uh, is quite, quite capable, extremely capable. Uh, she's excellent. And when we had our sermon on the wedding banquet, Pastor Jan was the one who put all those beautiful roses together, and uh, she's been decorating the house for me lately, and she went ahead and, on behalf of the church, uh, went down and, through her contacts, purchased uh, all these roses. These ladies are going to get beautiful roses. Amen. And I'm so excited that we can do things like this. Thank you for your support. Pastor Jan... I am excited to hear the word that you have for the whole church. I know it's going to minister to men as well, oh, yeah. but tonight, uh, tonight, this morning, we're going to really focus in on every woman as well as every mom. Thank yeah. you, Pastor Jan. God Thank bless you. Thank you for the challenge. Ah, absolutely. He knows, <laughs> he knows me well. Well, I started thinking about what I was going to say, and I thought, as a mom... I need to tell a mom's story. My sons were entrepreneurs from the time they were little. They would go out and they would capture turtles and lizards and such and sell them to the flea market over here for extra cash. Or they would climb trees at Christmas time and cut the mistletoe and put ribbons on them and sell mistletoe at the, at the post office. So they were busy being what they are, very interesting. And one day they come running in the house and one of them's nine and one of them's about 12. And uh, they said, mom, you gotta take us to the flea market. Yeah, we got something. And I said, okay. And I said, what you got? And my oldest one opened the bag and I looked into it and I looked into a face of a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> And I, without screaming at them, I said to them, close the bag. And I said to them, if the snake doesn't kill you, I will get it out of my house. <laughs> so they, then they said to me, well, how are we going to get rid of it? And I'm thinking, how did you catch it? You know, I, here they, with a paper bag, they're, they're carrying around a rattlesnake. And um, so I told them, take it back out where you found it, open the bag a little bit, and run, and I want you back home. 
now. And they did that. And they are still entrepreneurs. They own their own businesses, and they're busy about that today. And so um, that's my story about being a mom. <laughs> I was looking into something. I was saying, what mom, what mom in the Bible? What mom? Mary. Who else? Mary uh, had, God had shown me a long time ago in Luke 23 that Mary was following Jesus as he went to the cross. He was carrying the cross. He was dragging the cross. And there she was following him. And I sat one and thought about that. And I said, Lord, I love my sons, but I don't think I could follow them. I don't think I could walk that walk. And I said, how? How did she walk that walk? What is it that was in her? that gave her the strength and the fortitude to walk behind him and stay there the whole time. And so he started showing me the fact that he chose her. She was 15 to 16, maybe 17 at the most years old when she became pregnant with Jesus. He picked her out. It says the Holy Spirit came over her. That means she experienced the love of God. She carried the love of God in her womb for nine months. And I thought, okay. And I said, I understand, but that was 30-some years. What, what, is, what is it that kept her there? And then he showed me the wise men being sent to her. And he provided for her. He made sure they were taken care of. She, she honored God with her life, and he was honoring her. Then they escaped Herod because of a dream. God intervened and said, nope, not going to take this family out. And she saw God's protection over their life. Then she, um, she followed him to the cross, and she knew the promises that were made when he was a little boy. She saw over the years how God had provided and taken care of. She believed what the scriptures said. She walked in that. And it's the only way she could walk in that. So then she was in the upper room. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit came on her. And she then, you know, she, she was known of God. She got to know God in a deep way. <clears throat> she lived in his love. She experienced God's goodness. She experienced God's um, uh, protection over them. She, was, she understood that she had a call from God, and maybe it wasn't the call that, uh, that you would take or I would take, but she accepted that call in her life. In Ephesians, it says, I pray that you be rooted and established in love. That love that she carried 
permeated her. She had to have that kind of love to withstand what she was seeing and what she was hearing. She knew him so deeply that she didn't have to worry. She didn't, I'm sure she cried. I, I, I can't even, I can't even go there. But also in Romans 5, 5, God says, God loves, love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If you know Christ, there is a love in you that most of us bottle up. And he wants it to come out. The world out there doesn't know his love. The world out there hasn't experienced his love. Um, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories now because that's what I am. I'm a storyteller. A few weeks ago, I was sitting in the church. And uh, I'm sitting over there like normal. And this young man passed me. And as he passed me, he touched my shoulder, just very gently touched my shoulder. Now, I don't know this man. I haven't talked to him. I've said hi to him, but I really haven't sat down and talked to him. And as he touched my shoulder, the love of God came over me. And the love came out of him into me. And I went, wow. He carries the love of God. I don't know if he knows what happened that day. I just started crying and saying, God, you are so neat. Here's somebody I've never talked to, and your love came out of him into me. Then a few months ago, Lynn and I go out to lunch after, after Saturday morning uh, prayer. And we usually go someplace real close. But this time we decided, well, we'll go to the Cheesecake Factory. And on the way, we were listening to some new praise and worship music. And we were just doing, you know, girl stuff. And uh, we, were, we were just humming along with the music and enjoying ourselves. Well, as we walked into the Cheesecake Factory, I was a, he a little bit ahead of Lynn. And this lady, a well, she was a 50-ish African-American lady sitting on a bench waiting for someone. And as I walked in, she went, hi. And I went, hi, because <laughs> that's what you do, you know. And Lynn is coming in, and I said to Lynn, I didn't say it to this lady, I said, isn't she beautiful? And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God. And I thought, okay, what's going on? And I didn't move much. And she, the lady said back to me, you see me. And I said, what I see is a beauty and the presence of God on you and Jesus. And everything in the whole lobby of the Cheesecake Factory stopped. And I mean literally stopped. Lynn started towards her to give her a hug. I looked around and there was five wait staff waiting to sit people. 
one little gal goes, like, whatever you're doing, Lee, it's okay. So then I looked back the other way. People were coming in to the Cheesecake Factory, and they were, they were brought in to the presence of God. This has never happened to me before. I hope it happens again. As Lynn let go of her, the lady looked at me. And she said these words to me. She said, this is the way it's supposed to be, right? It was like she was asking me, this is the way love is supposed to be. Now, I, we didn't plan this. There was no way God orchestrated this. And I want to tell you, you carry the love of God in you. Be ready. He is pouring out his spirit, and he wants to use the love he's put in you for the world out there. That wait staff will never be the same. Those people that walked into that will never be the same. Be waiting. Be excited that he can use you outside the church, in, in the marketplace. He wants your love to permeate where nobody else will go. He loves you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to teach you how to walk in his love. It says, it is loving kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It isn't his whatever they say about him. They say the wrong things. He is loving and kind and he's gracious and he loves us. And he wants to do a work in our lives. He has done a work in mine. Unbelievable work. So, this probably isn't 15 minutes, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, spread your love. Don't hold it back from people. The touch on a shoulder, the kind word, the getting something off the shelf at the grocery store for somebody that's too short. That's me, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's love. That's, that's God's love in you. Let it flow. You don't have to preach at them. They'll come because they see the love of God in your life. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. Just a moment. You know, <clears throat> unreservedly, I love this woman. A few years ago, her husband got promoted to heaven. Jerry was an awesome guy. Tall, looked like a lumberjack or Santa Claus. <laughs> Could have put him in a play and had him play Santa Claus without oh, yeah. any wigs. No, no. no, he had the white hair and the beard. But Jerry wasn't always saved. And early in their life, Jan 
got saved here in Oldsmar. There was a revival happening that lasted for years. And she was minding her own business at home. And the Lord came to her and she got saved. And this woman interceded until her husband. Now, he, he is a different man today. Uh, but he was a drunkard. And he was all over the place. And she just kept praying and praying and believing God until one day. It is an amazing story. But her husband said, okay, I need Jesus in my life. Amen. <clears throat> she has seen many, many miracles. Yes. And hence we have her as the lead intercessor in this church. I love the fact she's constantly praying for me. You guys uh, often show me kindness on a Sunday when I've preached. I do good because people like Pastor Jan are in the background praying for me. Amen. And uh, we appreciate you so much. I'm going to ask you to come down this way so okay. you don't have to navigate the wires. Okay. And I'll help you. And Paul's going to come and... Uh, Take your other arm. Just a moment. Wait for us. Awesome. Okay. Very good. Good girl. Thank you, guys. All right. God bless. Now, Pastor Jen, at the end of the service, when we give the roses out, because you went all the way to St. Pete and got them, I declare that you deserve three roses. Okay. At least. Oh, thank you. Amen. Well, we have another surprise speaker this morning, and this is from a younger generation. And I thought it would be great uh, to hear from two different generations and honor them by allowing them to share this morning. As I said earlier, <clears throat> over the last few years, as we've celebrated Mother's Day, we've made it more inclusive, and we celebrate foster moms, we celebrate stepmoms, we celebrate uh, <clears throat> adopted moms, and, but we also celebrate women in general. And I believe it is a good thing to honor God's creation. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Absolutely. <clears throat> and so uh, this morning I've asked Amber Scarallo to come forward and share the word that God has put on her heart wherever she, oh, here she is. All right. Uh, she has recently become a foster mom and has been fostering different kids in emergency circumstances. I'd like you all to, well, why don't you stand and give her a welcome to the platform as well. Amen. Now, none of these folk are ex experienced or professional preachers, so, and, and, and I like that. They're going to be sharing from their heart, just as Pastor Jan did, and so, Amber, they say in Spanish, mi casa es su casa. I'm going to say, my pulpit now is your pulpit. Thank you. But I want it back. <laughs> All right. No thank promises. You. Well, happy Mother's Day. It really is an honor and a privilege to be able to get up here and speak, especially on this occasion being Mother's Day. Um, this year, some of you know this year, I became a foster mom, a licensed foster mom, and I've had several kiddos come through my home and stay with me for a while. 
And I just want to say I have a new appreciation since I've started this process, a new appreciation for parenthood, for parents, for mothers, and especially for those single parents out there. Not only do I have a, a new appreciation, but a new understanding, a new paradigm of what it is to be a parent. I've seen uh, and heard comments about children and, and, and different gaffes and jokes about raising children and uh, uh, I'm come to understand some of those. And I just wanted to share a few memes that I related to, and I'm sure some of you parents are probably gonna relate to. Um, the first one, I thought, you're probably, if you have one of those kiddos that asks you all the questions, my brother was one of those kiddos. You probably relate to this one right here. Yeah. Or if you're like my sister, she can never get her kids to clean the bedroom or clean it the way she wants. So you probably relate to this meme right here. Um, or possibly you might have gotten yourself caught in a sticky situation like this one. Hopefully not, right? <clears throat> Many new parents or parents in general, they look to handbooks, right? The, uh, I think one of the most famous ones is what to expect when you're expecting, right? Or we look at podcasts or resources to help us navigate that parenthood. And after a few years, we kind of like toss that book out because we know that there is no proper parent ha handbook to prepare us for what's really coming. <laughs> Um, several months ago, I was parenting a foster child, and I was really struggling um, to parent this child. And God gave me this title of a message that I'm going to preach today. And the title of my message is God's Parenting Handbook. See, God already gave us that one handbook, that one book for all things in our life. He's already prepared us. He's given us that one resource, including parenthood. So I'm going to talk about God's parenting handbook. And the first scripture I'm going to use today is a very popular scripture. I'm sure you've heard it. It's in Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 6. And it says, train up a child in the way you should go. And when he is old, he will never depart from it. Very commonplace or uh, used scripture. But I find it interesting. This is in Proverbs. So that means it's a proverbial statement. It's a word of wisdom from God. And I believe not only is it a word of wisdom from God, but this is a promise from God. This is, I believe, a spiritual principle to live by. If you raise your child and teach your child the godly things, they will never forget it. It will be forever stamped on their hearts. You can ask, well, what does this handbook say? How do I train up my child the way? There is no handbook that's prepared me for all the things. How does this one simple book prepare me? I was doing some research, and there's tons of scriptures about parenthood and children and things like that. And I came across Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, I'm going to start at 4, and later on I'm going to go backwards in scripture. In 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. And with all of your strength. 
These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you're on your walk along the road. When you lie down, go to bed. And when you get up in the morning, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your home and on your gates. Simply put, God is saying, make it a part of your daily living, right? Show your children by worshiping in their house. Pray, teach them to pray at night before they go to bed. Teach them how to read the Bible in the morning when they get up for the day, right? When you're disciplining them or correcting your child, point back to the word of God. We don't do these things because this is what God teaches us. Right? And show God's grace, God's love, God's mercy in that, in the same breath. God wants us to continuously impart into our children. I'm so thankful for the heritage, the legacy that my family has given me and passed down to me. Obviously, my dad is the pastor, but... My grandparents were missionaries to Australia. And, and not just on my dad's side, but on my mother's side, I have a strong Christian heritage. And I am so thankful for that heritage that, that they've given me, that they've passed on to me. I can think of many moments where my parents have taught me. One particular moment I was thinking of the other day. We weren't in this building. We were in another building. And we would have prayer meeting before service on a Sunday. And they would pray inside the sanctuary. Me, as a teenager, I would hang out in the lobby. I would wait for service to start. This one Sunday, my mom came out into the lobby and found me. She said, Amber, you're in prayer meeting from now on. I knew. <laughs> I knew that day forward. My spiritual walk is turning into my adult spiritual walk. I knew I was never going to be the same. I was never going to have a Sunday morning to myself again. And I took a deep breath, and I begrudgingly went into the sanctuary to pray. Now, when I first was praying, I would just stand or sit, and I would close my eyes, and I would make up these reasons why. I had to stand still or close my eyes. I didn't want to be distracted. And, and I would pray in my head because I was too scared to pray out loud. right? And I would make these excuses in my head. Well, a few Sundays later, my mom said, she came up to me and she grabbed me by my hand. She said, you're coming with me. We're walking around this room and we're praying out loud and you're not going to stand there anymore and pray silently. I'm going to teach you how to declare and pray in the spirit. Oh, I was mad. Sorry, mom. I was mad. <laughs> I was being my typical teenager, digging my heels in. I was mad at my mom. Really was. But I'm 36. I can look back and tell you that story. I remember it. It's because my mom was teaching me a lesson. And she stamped it on my heart. She stamped it on my spirit. <laughs> And that was a foundation of my prayer life. And I can look back now and say that and appreciate it, even though I resented it in my teenage years, right? 
And I can look at my sister's children, my nieces, my nephews, and it's passed down from my parents to my, my nieces and my nephews even because my sister and my brother-in-law, they've taught them to pray at dinner. They will fight over who's going to pray for dinner that day. I can't wait to see who's going to pray. Probably Judah. It's a long-winded prayer. It's hilarious. Dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It's awesome. And some people might say, well, they're just kids. They're easily influenced. They're easily molded. What happens when they're teenagers? Right? They start to think for themselves. And when they're adults, they have their own opinions and they may sway. But the Spirit has no age. And like the Word says, let it be on your hearts. Don't be afraid that your kids, if you've got um, teenagers or whatever, young adults, don't be afraid that they're going to resent. You will resent God because you're stamping it on their heart. You're stamping it on their spirit. And God made a promise. If you train them up, they will never forget it. It's been stamped forever, and it will always, always be there. I tell you what, if you don't stamp God, God things on their heart, spiritual things on their heart, the enemy's going to stamp something different. There's an African proverb that says it takes a, a village to raise a child. I'm sure you heard. Well, if it takes a village to raise a child, then let, don't let the world be your village. Whether you want it to happen or not, the world, the enemy in the world is constantly imparting into these kids via school. Yeah, I teach in school. Via school, via music, via TV, via social media. They're being taught things continuously throughout the day. They don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. So I want to encourage you. Let the church family, let your Christian friends help you to be that village. Help, let them help stamp the spirit on their heart. I was preparing my message and I looked out my glass doors. I have a pond and there's lots of ducks there. And I was preparing and I saw these, we have some ducklings. And every day I go out there to count or look out to count how many ducklings are left. Sometimes natural elements, right? Turtles, gators, hawks keep coming by and swooping at those poor baby ducks. And I was watching and God said, see, exactly what the enemy does he comes down and tries to swoop in if we're not continuously stamping on our kids impressing on them and imparting into them I understand I'm starting to understand parenting is a lot of work and I was crazy before I'm even crazier now like you should see me on a week morning I get up I go to work I work really early in the morning I have to drop the little kiddo that's staying with me off at daycare, seven in the morning. I come to work and I have an empty bottle in my bag and people are laughing at me and I can't even remember if I packed the diaper bag the night before and like, I don't remember what day it is. I couldn't remember if it was April or May this week, uh, what month it was. I, I'm losing it. I get it. There's a lot. 
And if, if you're the parent that wants the best for your children, which I'm sure you are, you want the best, right? So you're going to give them the best education. You want to work hard and give them the best things. And you want to take them to this activity and that activity. And you want them to be happy. And you want them to be successful in the world. Those are all good things. They can make you crazy, but they're all good things. You want to leave a natural inheritance. But sometimes we forget that our actions speak as well. When we run around busying ourselves with all these things in the natural, but we don't take time to sit at the table with our kids and the Bible in front of them and teach them the word of God, or we don't want to go to um, you know, worship night because it's getting too late or make Sunday morning a priority, we are silently teaching our children a lesson. We're stamping something different on their hearts that they're going to remember later on. It's true. You're silently teaching. I think we should take a note from the chapter from God's handbook. I'm going to go back to Deuteronomy. Um, you might know chapter 5 is the Ten Commandments, right? That's the basic foundation, our values as Christians today, the Ten Commandments. I find it interesting that chapter 5 is the Ten Commandments, and I'm going to go back to Deuteronomy 6. It flows right in here. And I'm going to show you 1 through 3. I told you I would go backwards today. It says, These are the commands, the decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you. This is Moses talking to God's children. I'm teaching you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Is he talking about the promised land? So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. He's talking about in the natural, the natural inheritance and the promises, right? And keeping the commands and the spirit. Verse 3 says, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that you may go well and you may increase greatly. There is a blessing there. In a land of flowing of milk and honey, just as the Lord, the Lord your God, your ancestors promised you. I don't think it's a coincidence that if you read these verses back to back, in one breath, God's speaking through Moses and he's saying to God's children, I have promises, I have natural blessings, I have an inheritance for you in the natural, but also take with you my spiritual inheritance. I don't think it's a coincidence that in the very next breath, and they go hand in hand. See, we want blessings for our kids, whether they're one years old or 51 years old. We want blessings, right? And we pray to God and we say, God, bless them, help them, give them strength. All good things. It's important to pray for our kids. So important. And it's a good thing. But we can't pray and ask God to bless them in the natural if we're not first stamping and imparting into them the spiritual word of God. Right? They go hand in hand. You can't have God's promises and blessings without the Holy Spirit in you first. I'm going to start to wrap up my message, and I just want to say this isn't just for parents or parents of young kids. And it doesn't matter how old your kids are. 
you're constantly parenting. And if you're not a parent, you're parenting still. Because you know what? I believe parenting is imparting. And everyone can impart into someone. Maybe you're not a parent. And you say, what do I impart? Maybe you're not well-versed. You're a new Christian. You're not well-versed in the Bible. Maybe you say, Amber, I don't have a heritage like you have a heritage. That's fine. Come back to the basic. What is the basic? In Matthew, Jesus, somebody asked Jesus, oh, man, there's so many laws, there's so many rules. What is the most important one? What should we abide by? And Jesus says, follow the greatest commandment, the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then second, to love your neighbors as you love yourself. That is the basic. If you can understand that, then you can impart into somebody else. Just like Pastor Jam was saying, on your daily basis, you have an opportunity to love on someone and share God's love. I love that we had a, a, a similar theme we didn't talk at all. Impart into someone. You have something to give, and it's God and God's love. I just want to say... You know, I love, I, I'm a watcher. I love watching. There are generations in this church, and I love watching the sweet elderly ladies that go to prayer meeting. They remind me of my nana. In my, her latter years, she would tell me, Amber, I pray for all my grandchildren every night. And honestly, I believe she passed it over a year ago, and I believe that those prayers are still covering her grandchildren today because she was leaving a legacy. I'm touched by that when I see elderly ladies and I'm touched I used to sing in the nursery with the little ones two years old one years old and they sing and they praise God there is no age there is no limit to the Holy Spirit don't forget to impart into someone make it part of your daily living God sees it I see it I know God sees it and he loves it even more than I do yeah thank you <laughs> Amen. As I've said, today we're not just celebrating moms, we're celebrating every woman. And I think it's important that we bring honor back into our culture. We have a culture that is honorless. And honor is something that is characteristic of the kingdom of God. Dishonor is characteristic of the kingdom of darkness. Gossip, criticism, judgmental mm. attitudes, prejudice, they are all dishonoring. They disrobe people from honor. And I believe that the house of God and the, the sons and daughters of God need to be people who are constantly putting honor on other human beings. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. And so uh, Amber teaches special ed in high school. So she has high school students, but they are challenged students, and uh, she teaches them. You've been teaching them now for how many years? 13 years. 13 years. When she started, she told me that they told her that the life expectancy for a teacher to teach special ed is about five years. 
I tried to convince my daughter to teach elementary school. I said, teach grade one, teach grade two. You know, you'll get great holidays, and it'll just be a lot of fun. And she was determined. She said, Dad, I want to make a difference. And so she chose one of the hardest things to do, and that is to teach teenagers and especially kids that are emotionally challenged. And she's been doing it for 13 years. And recent, she came to us and said, I want to start fostering children in emergency situations. Every woman here has a destiny in Christ. Every one of you, whether you're uh, just 18 years old or you're a, a grandma, you have a place, you have a purpose yes. in the kingdom of God. Yes. We bestow honor on you. Today is a day of honoring every woman and understanding that you, and who you are as a woman was taken out of the character of God. If God created man and women in his image, there is a part of you that is in the heart of God. Every woman. I want every man in this house to put their hands together and applaud the women in this church. Would you do that right now? Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And so as young people... As middle-aged people, as older folk who have even more glory, uh, we honor you and thank you. You know what Amber said, thank you, sweetheart, you can take your seat. What Amber said about our grandchildren is so true. I think for the last three years, we haven't had an adult pray grace over our meals. It's always been the children. And we don't follow it up with an adult prayer because, oh, they were just kids. No, we are imparting to them that their prayers are valid. And they really do fight over who's going to pray. And so when one of the little ones pray, we say amen and then we eat. And not because we're desperate to get the food in our mouths, but uh, we honor them. I want to tell you moms very quickly, don't underestimate who you are. I understand that life has a way of dishonoring us, making us think less of ourselves. Our experiences in relationships sometimes take a toll, and we feel less than who we really are. I'm going to share this quick little story. My mom, who passed away 12 months ago, Amber talked about putting the Word of God in your children. And uh, our son, our youngest walked away from the Lord, and had walked away for about four years. When he was living in New York, there was a period where every time I thought of him, I would break down and just start weeping and interceding for him. He came back home 18 months later, and he shared with his mother and myself that while he was in New York, he went through such a dark time that he had considered committing suicide. And uh, he didn't because he knew how much it would devastate us. Today, he's living in San Diego, actively involved in the church. But I, I want to share something really important about my grandma. Uh, after uh, my mom, sorry. After my mom passed and we went to New York, my cousin by marriage, she would often come and visit my mom and help bathe her in her last, uh, last years. And uh, Karina, 
is my cousin. Uh, she, she married my cousin, Dennis. She's my cousin by marriage. And she said, Rob, I want to tell you something. Every time I came to visit your mom, as frail as she was, she would say, Karina, <laughs> pray with me for my grandson. And he would come back to Jesus. And I don't want you just to pray that he'll come back to Jesus. He has a call of God on his life. And I want you to pray with me that he will accept the calling of God on his life. The day before my mom passed, we received the call that she was near the end. And so I flew up from Florida. My brother was out of town on business. He flew in. And we spent a whole day. Mom wasn't conscious. Her eyes were open, but there were no responses. We would kiss her on her face, on her arms. We would stroke her arms and tell her how much we loved her. As it came close to uh, midnight, we called our brother in Australia and let him speak to mom on the phone. And we put the phone up near her ear and so that she could hear, even though she was non-responsive. And one of my nephews came in. His name is Joey, and he's the oldest of the grandchildren, my mother's grandchildren. And uh, he greeted her and kissed her and loved on her. And uh, then Robbie called in, and we put it on speakerphone, and we put it near her ear. And all this time, Mom had been unresponsive. And as Robbie started to talk to her, and he was still unsaved at this point, as he started to talk to her, my mother started weeping out of her right eye. The prayers that you can pray, the influence that you have in heaven is immeasurable. We as Americans are privileged that we have a right to speak into our nation. We get a chance to vote and we might win and we might not win. We pride ourselves on the fact that we have influence and this is a democracy. But I want to tell you that as a son of God and as a daughter of God, you have the greatest influence in the universe because the God of the universe hears his sons and daughters when they pray. And every woman in this house, I want you to know that you have a role in society, but you also have a role in heaven. You have the power to pray. You have the power to voice a heart of compassion. And God will hear your prayers. And God will answer your prayers as you hang on to the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an agreement here? Amen. Amen. And so today we honor every mom, whatever, whether you're a stepmom, adopted mom, a foster mom, a, however you are a mom, a single mom, and if you're a young woman here today, we honor you. I'm going to ask Paul Aquino, Pastor Tom, if you would help us, Bernard, if you would help us, and uh, Brian, if you would help us, we have a bunch of roses up the back. And uh, I would like to start by first have every mom in this house, wh whether you're a, a foster mom or your stepmom, every mom, we want to honor you first. So would you please stand 
and uh, these men are going to bring roses to you. If I could have two men start from the back and two men start from the front, that would be great. Paul, come on down the front. Brian, come on down the front. Uh, I just want to thank every one of you. You are important. I don't know what's been spoken into your life, but let me speak into your life and say thank you. As a church, we say thank you. As a body of believers, we believe in you. We believe in God the Father. We believe in God the Son. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. And we believe in his beautiful creation called women. Amen. And we honor you and thank you for the role that you play. Don't let the devil dishonor you. Carry yourself with confidence. Carry yourself with pride. Carry yourself with joy. And carry yourself with compassion. Because God has put in every woman a unique ability to love in a way that men don't. And so we honor you and we thank you and we appreciate you. And for all the men that are seated right now, come on, let's give them a big, big round of applause. Amen. We, we will give... <clears throat> all right, first we're giving the flowers. Brian, let's make sure we get all the moms first. And then we're going to have all the young ladies stand as well. Thank you, moms. If you received your rose, uh, you can take your seats. Thank you so much. Have we gotten to every mom almost? All right, now every young lady that is not a mom, but you're 18 or older, would you please stand? We want to honor you as well. And uh, those men that started out the front, if you'd come down the front, and the others. All right, only two, three young women over the age of 18. All right. Well, let's give them a big round of applause for this for, I see that hand. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Awesome. Izzy, would you come to the piano? Is Izzy here? All right. Are you ladies enjoying this? Good. Every lady got a, you got your roses? Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. God bless you. The most important thing is to ask Jesus Christ in your heart. We honor because God honors us. I've learned to love most because of the love that Jesus has shown me. How he's poured his love out on my life. I've made some terrible mistakes in life. I'm not proud to say it, but I can't say it. I've made some terrible decisions. But I thank God that he's a God that when we turn to him, he is quick to forgive us of our sins. If we genuinely repent, he genuinely will scoop us up in the arms of forgiveness and totally love on us. Going to church isn't what gives us a relationship with God. You could come and maybe visit me at a McDonald's or a Panera Bread and have a cup of coffee with me. And uh, that one-off experience isn't 
what builds a relationship. What builds a relationship is the accepting of each other and opening up one's heart and saying, well, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you in. And little by little, we let people in more and more as we feel safe. I want to tell you that it is very safe to trust Jesus Christ. It is very safe to ask Jesus to come into your life. And I'll tell you why it's very safe. You see, human relationships can be unsafe because at times people can disappoint us. People can hurt us. The more we open our heart, the more vulnerable, vulnerable we are. And when we get hurt in those areas of vulnerability, it teaches us not to open our heart again. The reason why it's very safe to ask Jesus in your heart and to have a relationship with him is because Jesus will never offend you. I have found in 63 years of living that I have offended him. He has never offended me. I have been unfaithful to him. He has never been unfaithful to me. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me. Jesus didn't die on the cross just to start another religion. Listen to me. Hear me. Jesus didn't die on the cross just to start another religion. A price had to be paid. Every one of us have sinned. Every one of us have made mistakes. And in the courts of heaven, justice is justice. A price has to be paid for the wrongs that are done. But God so loves every one of us that he says, if you will let me have relationship with you, I will pay the price for the wrongs you did. Have you ever met someone who wants to have a relationship with you so badly that they will pay every one of your debts and pay the consequences of every one of your wrong decisions? Well, that's what God did. He clothed himself in humanity and he came to earth. And he said, I want relationship with you so much that I will go to the cross and I will pay the price. And if you are willing to have relationship with me, then everything I did on the cross goes into your account. The safest thing you could do is open your heart to Jesus Christ. People will disappoint. God doesn't disappoint. And so with every eye closed right now, if you're here for the very first time or you've been coming for the last three months, if you've been coming for five years and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, I want to encourage you today to let Jesus be the Lord. Let him be the life. Let him be the light in your life. It's not about whether or not you belong to grace and faith. It's about whether or not you belong to Jesus Christ. 
If you have never prayed a prayer like that, let's go beyond religion today. Let's go beyond ceremony and religiosity. And let's just be real people and bring a realness to the gospel. And let's understand it's all about relationship. If you would like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you would like to have a relationship with God the Father, you have to accept Christ and what he did on that cross. Right now, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I would like to accept Jesus into my heart. Raise your hand nice and high so I can see it. We're praying for you and believing for you that you will know Christ in a very personal and intimate way. And those of you that are watching online, this is the best decision you can ever make and will ever make. And we're believing for you. In a moment, we're going to pray. And if you have raised your hand at home online, then pray this prayer with us and call the number on the, on the screen and during the week, someone will be able to talk to you. In church right now, everyone, let's just agree. For those that are making that decision today, let's just come into agreement and ask Jesus Christ in our heart. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me and coming into my heart. I receive you today. I accept you. And I know you accept me. If you died for me, of course you'll accept me. Forgive me of all my sins and all my mistakes. And come live with me. Guide me and teach me. Father, I pray these things. As I accept your son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for accepting me. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for those that raised their hand this morning.